So let's just close our eyes for a moment. Position yourself like you're in the presence of God because actually you are. He says we're two or three gathered in my name. There I am in the midst. So the presence of the Holy Spirit is here this morning. Let me say he's here in the anointing of salvation. The Holy Spirit is here. Even this morning I believe that he's going to do a work in your life. And there just needs to be a shift maybe in someone's life here this morning. And, and that shift will take place in your mindset. And today you're going to experience your healing in Jesus' name. What do you think? Lord God, we just thank you and we welcome you here by your Holy Spirit. We thank you that you're in our presence and we thank you, Lord God, that we are in yours. We thank you that as we are your friends, you invite us into your, um, your very throne room. Lord God, the word declares to us. That we are seated in heavenly realms right now in the Spirit. Lord God, let that be a reality here in our life every day. That we are in your presence. That you are in ours. That we walk together in intimate relationship. Blessed be your name, O God. Blessed be your name. Lord, we position ourselves with an open heart to hear what you want to say to us today. In Jesus' name, Amen. Shano, you want to just back the fallbacks off for me, mate? I'm pretty loud up here. I don't need to hear myself. Amen. I don't need to hear myself. That's good. So, um, and we'll throw up the PowerPoint. That'll be awesome. So this is a topic that's sort of been on my heart this week and, and even the week before. And I talked to Pastor Rodney really quickly and I said, what should I share? Yeah, this one here, mate. This one's got to die. Can't kill it. Ooh. Okay, no worries. Um, this has been on my heart this week a little bit and, and it's sort of just uh, been thinking through it and, and we've been busy, busy, busy and sitting down last night to prepare this. The word just spoke to my heart once again. And, and in sharing this, I want it to come through that he's bringing joy from this position. Amen. He's bringing a joy. Pastor Rodney confirmed that he said, just speak about change. So why not? We'll have a go at speaking about change this morning. So embracing the new season. You know, there's always new things in God. Amen. There's always new things in God. And it seems, you know, if this topic's on my heart, it also seems to be a reality that if you've been sticking around Life Source for the last four or five weeks, change seems to be upon God's heart a little bit. Why do I say that? Isaiah 43 and verse 18, it says this. It says, remember not the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, this is God, I am doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Amen. This is a really interesting word and we're not going to study it out today, but I want you to see something. God does do new things. Even though He's a constant in our life and His, his joy toward you and His favor upon you never changes, sometimes His vision changes for you in your life. Sometimes there's significant thing, times in your, in your own seasons of life that God is orchestrating so that you would see change the way He would see change. It's not a surprise that change is on my heart. It's not a surprise that this is a word today that is something that I need to share about. It's not a surprise because of the amount of change that's happened in such a short time. Amen. Some physical changes have happened. Just have a look around the building today. 
There's an invitation to walk around the back section of our building into our children's rooms and into the back area and see the transformation that's taken place over the last month. Literally over the last week, we have seen significant changes in those rooms. Have a look at the wall. Let's call it the Great Wall. It's a polarizing change that's happened right in front of our eyes. One week it was there, the next Sunday you walked into church and you all were shocked. Amen? There was, so not only is there physical change, there's been some changes even in our personnel here at church. Okay, we've, had, we've added some teaching staff here for Verity Christian College and we welcome our teachers. But not only that, we look through our, our ministry of the church and we're starting to see some shifts and some changes even happening there and that's a really good thing one shift that's come to mind in conversations with uh, pastor jamie um, over the last month has been that he would love to keep youth group as his his major focus within the church and therefore he's going to remain as our youth pastor and then Therefore, that makes a, a significant shift and a conversation to have with someone like Angus and Taladi, who we've spoken to them in, in conversation, who are looking forward to taking over our young adults ministry. And I think they're going to do a fantastic job. See, there's changes even in our personnel, isn't there? And then there's a, some practical changes, like how we do certain things differently and how to how we used to. One of those that comes to mind and it's the one that even this morning we're standing here and praying and we watch someone drive in the wrong gate and we're like, but that's okay, we've got to give grace, amen? And uh, we're going to get used to this, we're going to get used to the fact that there's changes in the wind and even that's changes in some of the practical elements of what we do. But what really excites my heart is when I look around here today and I see an almost full church. And my vision is propelled even more. God, what if we moved into two services this year? Wouldn't that be an awesome change? Two services in the Sunday morning to see that this church be filled twice over, twice over this year, every week, seeing that they, people coming together to worship God and to hear what He's saying in the moment. I think change is really, really good. Have I bored anyone yet? Good, good. So... With a change in leadership, and this happened end of 2000 and what was it, 16, the change of leadership, obviously there has to be some expectations of change. It's inevitable. Just think about the biblical story of Moses handing over his mantle of leadership to, Jonathan, uh, to Joshua. Think about that. I might even have the wrong name up here when I do it later. Ooh. Just think about the change as Joshua comes in to lead a nation. Surely Joshua did things differently to Moses. Yeah? And the nation, they had to get used to what God was doing through a new leader. And they, some, they embraced that and others found it challenging. So, sorry, it's a wrong name. It should say Joshua. It's pretty tiring up here, out here this week. So, but surely jo- Joshua would have done something different to Moses. So there's the problem with change. Let's just address it straight up, okay? What are the problems that we have as human beings with change? What is it that so many of us can't embrace change and we've got we've to have some, something to do in this? Would you like me just to pull that cord if you've mute for a minute? 
You ready? Right. Praise the Lord. That probably fixed the problem. Can you hear me all right? Yes. Praise the Lord. What is the problem with change? The problem is that for many, change is cause for fear and anxiety to creep in. I'll say that again. For many people, change activates this place where fear and anxiety creep in. Why does it do that? I don't know. I'm not a psychologist. But when you look at fear and anxiety, what actually happens is these things. We often feel that um, we have symptoms in our body of fear and anxiety. We often feel that our physical bodies start to get nauseous, don't they, if we're getting anxiety slipping in. If there's a change that's on the winds and we just walk in and smack, we're met by a wall right there at the front door. Instantly, we want to protect ourselves with either the fight or the flight response. Some people, they like get out of that way pretty quick and they go and sit down and they take time to breathe and they overcome their anxiety and the next time they see the wall, they're okay with it or they're feeling a little bit better with it. For others, they like to run from change. Who likes to run from change? No one wants to be honest today. There are some people that are sitting here that don't like change that much that you like to run from it. And uh, that's, you start to get that feeling of panic inside and some people are gripped with anxiety so much so that they will actually physically be sick. Or it can be expressed by saying things that may seem harsh to someone. You know, we often say dumb things if you have a look up there on the screen. Sometimes it's not... It's just an emotional response to the change in our physical life. And we say the dumbest things to people and we don't realize how the other person receives what we say. We think we're just, what we're doing is we're just responding out of anxiety and we're just deflecting. But the other person receives that very, very differently, especially if they've put a lot of effort into that. Sometimes it can be something hurtful that just comes out. Other times it could be something just obvious, like I've been building this thing for a week and a half now and you tell me the most obvious thing on there that needs to be done. Thank you very much. Like, do you understand? And we're thinking about, and we think about it and we're like, actually, it was just an anxiety response because it's the first time they've seen it and therefore they need to say something and I can sit back and go, yeah, I understand where you're coming from if you understand where we're coming from. Change just needs to be embraced, amen? We use all sorts of coping mechanisms. Like when we look at, I'm just using the wall because it's right there in front of me, okay? And it is, it's quite obvious. It's a color change, it's a, it's a physical barrier, it's um, all sorts of things going on there. And colors have been chosen and you weren't in the mix of that. So like in the decision making. So of course you've got opinions and and things. But the obvious thing that happened, let me just say last Sunday, the wall was put up during the week. Everybody walked in. This is what happened. Some people saw the wall and just kept walking. They didn't want to look at the wall. Other people looked at it and said, wow, that's really interesting. That's really, really good. Another person, I said, how do you like the wall? And I was really interested to hear what they were saying. And I said, how do you like the wall? And they went, this is their response. They just said, well, I can't change it now, can I? Okay. And three people 
pointed out the obvious. You know what the obvious was? You're going to have to move that video camera now. Well, duh. (laughs) Like, seriously, that's what it was like. But I had to stop and think and go, hang on a minute. I've seen this all week. I've planned this. I've been a part of this. Of course, I don't have any anxiety about it. But every one of you is seeing it for the first time. And we've got to allow you to have the opportunity to embrace the change. Therefore, you need to say the things you need to say. But we need to be open and honest and even kind when we say things. Amen? Amen. Awesome. So what I've understood, though, in watching and and observing people, which I am a people watcher, is those who struggle the most with change, whether it be through fear or anxiety, or just because you've had a bad experience with change, this is often what the problem is. People who fear change actually fear losing control. And that's one of the biggest problems with church growth. We think we're going to lose our seat. We think we're going to lose our friends. We think we're not going to know anybody. When we think about change and we think about what God's doing in a new season, we've got to think, well, hang on a minute. For the last 10 years, I've been praying that God would explode and we would have revival. And now I'm experiencing anxiety about change. What's wrong here? I should be grateful and thankful and praising God for what He's doing in our midst. Amen? It's the attitude that needs to change. It's the sense of, I need to let go of the control of my life. I actually need to let go of the reins of my life. And do what I said the day I said yes to Jesus. Give them back to Him. That's what it is. We're fearful of losing control. We've all worked ourselves, even I do this all the time, into places of comfort. We observe this in the nation of Israel. A nation called of God to be His very own. He delivers them mightily through ten amazing signs. These plagues that He put upon the Egyptian people. These amazing miraculous signs led to the exodus of an entire nation. Over two million people leaving the nation of Egypt all by the mighty hand of God. This exodus was a massive change, both for the Egyptians who lost all of their slaves and to the Israelites who have always had a slave mentality for 400 years. You think about that. Egyptians, as they're walking out, the Israelites walking out there, they're pushing their trolleys, their carts are being toned by all of their livestock. The Egyptians are running to them and giving them all kinds of treasure to get them out of their sight because God had done such miraculous things. That just blows my mind. Then we see that this wealth and treasure, it slows them down. And all of a sudden, Pharaoh gets a change of heart and he sends his armies after this nation and God leads them to the edge of the Red Sea. Now, either there needs to be a significant change and they can walk on water like Jesus or God has to deliver once again. And once again, through the the faith of Moses and even the rebuke that God gave to Moses, the Red Sea parts and the nation crosses through, walking on dry land, a shift had taken place, something they had never seen before. 
And that shift positioned the nation to walk into a new land with their enemies conquered in their wake without even lifting a sword. God not only delivers them, but He leads them by, with a pillar of fire at night and a cloud by the day. He leads them as their great shepherd leader. But they were possibly gripped with what we call fear and anxiety because of the slave nature. They were possibly gripped. Why do I say this? Because it didn't take long before they would pine for the delicacies of Egypt, the leeks and the garlic. It didn't take long because they knew they had bread enough to eat. It didn't take long because they knew they could get their meat from the place to live and survive. And here they were walking in a wilderness and they had to learn to trust God. Do you trust God today? Do you trust God in the seasons of change? And whatever that season is in your life, it may be something that you're walking through personally. It may be even you may not have been to church for a while. And today you walk in and you're being confronted with God doing something new in the midst. And you're being stirred up in your heart right now. And you're saying, yes, I want to embrace that change. Are you prepared to embrace God today? You see, praise be to God. Not only does He deliver them, but He protects them. He blesses them with provision. So much so that even their shoes and their clothes do not wear out for 40 years. That's a miracle right there. Especially when you've got kids and you know that they wear out their clothes very, very quickly. Right up until the time God provided for them to the time they crossed the River Jordan. And then there was another shift. God became something different to the nation because they could farm again. They could have milk and honey. They could have their own cities. All of these things. But the nation refused to accept the shift in God and they backslid from their God. Do you see that in the story of the Israelite nation? The sin nature or the slave nature must die in the desert of despair and we must come to trust Jesus who leads us into all victory. God is saying today, And God has been saying for quite some time, I am doing a new thing. I referred to Moses and Joshua earlier. In Deuteronomy 31, 1 to 6, we see the recording say, Moses continued to speak these words to all Israel. And he said to them, I am 120 years old today. I am no longer able to go out or come in. The Lord has said to me, you shall not go over this Jordan. The Lord your God himself will go over before you. He will destroy these nations before you so that you shall dispossess them and Joshua will go over at your head as the Lord has spoken. And the Lord will do to them as he did to Sion and Og, the king of the Amorites in their land when he destroyed them. Verse 5, and the Lord will give them over to you. And you shall do to them according to the whole commandment that I have commanded to you. Be strong. This is God speaking to you today. Be strong and courageous. Do not fear or be in dread of them. 
So don't have fear and don't allow anxiety to grip you. For the Lord, for it is the Lord your God who goes with you. He will not leave you. And it's a promise for you today, nor forsake you. See, God is good. Amen. Solomon records under inspiration in Ecclesiastes 3.1, For everything there is a season and a time for every matter under heaven. You can go through and you can read all of what he writes about. But for everything there's a season. It's a shifting change. God puts the laws of nature in action. But there are four seasons when you live in this area, a region of the world. There are four seasons that take place. And we've got to see that God is active in every one of those seasons in our life. This goes for change as well. If you struggle with anxiety or even fear around change, then I want you to listen closely to this verse. And we know that for those who love God, do you love God this morning? Like, let me ask that question again for you up the back. Do you love God this morning? Yes. Well, then, if you love God, if we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to His purpose. God has a plan for you. And no matter what season you're in, no matter what element of change you're going through, when you find God in the middle of it, you will always find the gift of grace to get you through whatever it is you're going through. Wherever you find that God is in the midst of the season, He will bring the supply for everything you need. That is what grace is. Amen. Romans eight twenty eight. So it's time to embrace change. By embracing change, we actually embrace breakthrough. This is a psalm of David. I might go back a little bit more. It is time to embrace change. Today, I sense that God is doing something in your thinking. This whole area of change is an area that Jesus wants to outwork, breakthrough in you. How can I say this? Because without change, there can't be breakthrough. Without breaching of the riverbanks, the water does not break through. Without breaching the lines of an army, you cannot have victory. You see, breakthrough has to come not only by the grace of God, but because we embrace the change of God. What is it about change that needs to be embraced? What is it about change that needs to be embraced? Sometimes it's just our heart toward it. Sometimes it's just our mindsets that hold us back. Sometimes it's because we're comfortable and that needs to change. How do we overcome our fears and embrace the breakthrough that Jesus so eagerly paid for? How do we do this? It's a good question. I've got three really quick answers for us. How do we overcome this fear and embrace breakthrough? Firstly, God promises that He plans to care for us through every change. He promises it. But that you don't find this anywhere said as beautifully as Psalm 23. Psalm 23 is a psalm of David. And it reads like this. The Lord is my shepherd. Can you say that this morning? Is the Lord your shepherd? 
Are you prepared to follow God even if He leads you through change? I shall not want because He's a good shepherd. Jesus revealed Himself as a good shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. What happens in Australia in the middle of summer after a drought? What happens? Everything is dry. There's not very much green pasture around, is there? Does it mean that God has forsaken our nation because we're in drought? Or is it just the natural ebbs and flows of what he's put into place? So is God in the, just the God of the pasture that's green? Or is God also the God of the desert times of our life? If he's a good shepherd, he's a God of both areas in our life. If he's a good shepherd, then he doesn't just make us lie down beside still waters. He will even provide the water that we need when the riverbed's dried up. You see, he's a good shepherd. He's a good God. Verse 3, he restores my soul. Jesus, the moment that he was baptized and he received the recognition of God on his life, that this is my son in whom I am well pleased, was immediately led out to the desert to be tempted. And he was strengthened in the word of God and in the intimacy with God to overcome the temptation of the devil, even in the desert. You say, this is our God who strengthens us. He leads me, uh, he restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Another change. We've all tasted death in our life family member a close friend who has passed away and sometimes in those places we feel that god is even closer to us in the time of grieving and mourning god is the god of even the valley of the shadow of death i will fear no evil for you are with me god is with you with whatever you're going through your rod and your staff they comfort me you pastor rodney referred to this this morning you Prepare for me a table. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You ever wanted to eat in front of your enemies? Have you ever wanted to do that? You ever wanted to have this amazing feast? Your enemies are encamped around you and you set up this amazing feast and you pull off a turkey leg and you just start into it. And you say, the Lord has prepared this day for me. And all of my enemies, you will fall because the Lord is my God. And the Lord will see that I will overcome. And he will assure that I will have victory this day. But there's a change of thinking. It's a change of atmosphere. It's a change, a shift that has to happen in our thinking if we're going to embrace what God is doing in the now. As God changes in season we've got to hear what he's saying to us in the now amen you anoint my head with oil my cup overflows surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and i shall dwell in the house of the lord forever will not god do the same for you it's a shift it's a change in our faith to see that God is in control. Secondly, 
without a change, you and I would not even be here. And very least, whoever was here would be very, very small, almost Elliot small. Yeah? Because we need to change. Without change, we don't mature. Elliot is almost no longer a baby. He's going to be a toddler very soon. He'll be walking around everywhere. And his mom will say, where's my baby gone? I've had four of them. I know exactly what will happen. Where's, what's happened to my little baby as this toddler's terrorizing the house? Right? What's happened to my little baby? And that's why mothers go back for a second and a third, by the way, because they want another baby. But you see, dads are going, snap out of it, mom. It's okay. He's, he or she's growing to be in a beautiful young boy. And then that young boy grows into being a young preteen. And we get all these 12-ies running around, doing 12-y stuff that's so funny. And then they become teenagers and they're challenging boundaries and challenging authority. And, and they're expressing themselves in new ways. And you as a parent have to change as they do all these different things, do you not? Your, your trust level has to grow with them. And all of those things happen. And then we grow into adults. And even through adults, there's stages of life. There's young adults and there's you sort of these middle-aged adults. And we start to get into our seniors and those who are really in the twilight years of their life. And, and we think about the change. And I know so many old people that would say, getting old sucks. If we changed our mindset a little bit and said, no, I'm just another day closer to being with my Lord. I'm another day closer to being in the presence of my King. I'm another day closer to where there'll be no more tears and I'll be filled with joy as a constant thing. See, when we think a change in our minds, we start to mature. And then lastly, if we don't change, lastly, we would never be where we are today. Jesus died so that each of us could change. And right now, I want to invite my keyboardist to come. You see, my third point is this. If Jesus did not die, then you could not change. If Jesus did not rise again, then the resurrected life and the power of God is not available for you. But you see, Jesus embraced the cross. Jesus walked to that cross in the strength that he could muster when everything was beaten out of him, when everything, everything that he had was exhausted. He still said yes to the cross. He had to change. He had to suffer for you and I. If this did not happen, you and I would all be lost. But the word clearly states that God did not want us to perish. To embrace Jesus is to embrace change. If you say yes to Jesus, you're saying yes to change. You cannot say yes to Jesus and keep your independence. It is an impossibility for you to be a genuine follower of Jesus Christ for you to keep your comfort level. You cannot say yes to Jesus without saying yes to His voice and His command. 
you cannot say yes to Jesus without embracing the cross that He is for you. You see, for you to change, for you to say yes to Jesus, you must be born again. You must be born again. This flesh, this temple, this tent will perish. But my spirit will go on forever and my soul will live with the Lord and I will meet my new body on that day because God has prepared for me a house. You see, I can't embrace Jesus unless I'm prepared to embrace change. Have you fully embraced Jesus today? To be saved is to die. To be saved is to say no to your selfish intent. To be saved is to say, yes, I want to be born again. I love this in 1 Corinthians 6, 9 to 11. Or do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who practice homosexuality, nor thieves, nor the greedy, nor drunkards, nor revelers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you. But you were washed, you were sanctified, you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. What a change that took place the day you said yes to Jesus. And maybe you're sitting here today and you've never said yes to Jesus. Maybe you're sitting here in the presence of God and something is striking you and you're saying, I don't want to change, but something in me is saying I must change. Today, the invitation is given. Will you say yes to Jesus? There is so much that we could do and say here in wrapping up. For one, God promises that He plans to care for us through every change in our life. He promises that He will care for you. But the way God cares for us looks very different to the way we would expect at times. We must learn to trust our God. Secondly, without change, you and I would either be not be here or very, very small. And thirdly, Jesus died so that each of us could and would change. Change is good. Will you say that with me today? Change is good. Without change, I would be lost. Without change, I would be a very different person. But praise be to God that His Spirit would set me free. Change sets us up to live for Christ, to fulfill His purpose, to see the fullness of His kingdom come and His will be done in and through us. Change sets us apart to be all Christ has called us to be. If you struggle with change today, let me express to you, so did I. But the moment that I embraced Jesus was the moment that I let go of control. This is the moment that we hand Jesus the steering wheel of our life. It is the moment that we say, God, 
You know the beginning from the end. Who else can I trust with my soul? Who else can I trust with my life? It is the moment that we say, I do. Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. Plans, well, I better read it off here. Plans for welfare and not for evil. To give you a future and a hope. Praise God that He gives us a hope today. His name is Jesus. And I'm just going to invite you to just bow your heads and close your eyes for a moment. Maybe you are hopeless in this place right now. Maybe you're looking for a change, a shift to take place in your own life. The invitation is that you would say yes to Jesus today. He says, I have plans for welfare and not for evil. Plans to give you a future and a hope. I'm going to ask once because I'm out of time. If you want to say yes to Jesus, would you raise your hand this morning? say yes to Jesus, you raise your hand this morning and you'll acknowledge your hand this morning. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. I see your hand. I see your hand. Say yes to Jesus one more time. Would you pray with me? Would I invite you all to stand to your feet? What a glorious day. A day that we dedicate our school to Jesus but even more so for those hands, those hearts that said yes to Jesus right now. Let's seal that with a prayer of faith. Will you pray with me? Jesus, I come to you and I declare you are my Lord and my Savior. I ask you to forgive me of all my sin. Wash me clean. Will you give me a future with hope and purpose? And will you grace me with your Holy Spirit and seal me as a son in your kingdom? Today I say yes to you, Jesus. Today I say yes to change. Today I say yes to your Lordship. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. 2 Peter 3.9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill His promise, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing that any should perish, but that all should reach repentance. If you've said that prayer today with me and said yes to Jesus for the first time, I want you to seek me out and tell me before you leave today. Amen? Can you do that? Praise the Lord. You may find your seats and hand over to you, Pastor Rodney.